was just listening to your album. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's so good. I was like, oh, this is very relatable. I was also very impressed that you mentioned that you were vaxxed in a San Francisco audience. I was like, ooh, ooh, how does this go? I was very impressed. Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, Jessica Seely. Jessica is a Los Angeles-based comedian whose teeth were cut sharply in the San Francisco Bay Area. She hosts a monthly show at Genghis Cohen, as well as is a regular host at Chatterbox Comedy Night in Covina. Seely is here today to promote her new album, Weird Vibes, recorded at the San Francisco Punchline and is available wherever you get your albums. I better know Jessica for meeting her right now in real time with all y'all. So Jessica, how much do you miss San Francisco? Does it annoy you when people call it the Bay? How excited are you for your new album, Weird Vibes? since it was just released. Tell us. Well, I I have to say it doesn't annoy me at all that <laughs> when people call it the Bay, because that's kind of what it is. I've never heard of it annoying people, but that's an interesting question. Um, do I miss San Francisco? I go up there quite a bit, actually, to do shows, so I feel like I get my little fix. I love San Francisco. I think it's a beautiful city. Um, I think L.A. fits my current... Uh, version of person and um i'm sorry what was the last question no you're fine you're supposed to remember all of them um and i said how like a dementia test (laughs) you're doing great um and well before i ask you that last question i will say so many people have so many san francisco comics have come on here to be like it is not the bay please stop calling it that if you're not from there blah 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 and i'm i don't know why it annoys them that's why i've started asking the question to comics who've worked in san francisco or, or like cut their teeth there um, so I would agree that I think it's a little wild that it upsets people so well, much. It is, it is the Bay. I don't get it. I don't either. It's the Bay area. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't there's a Bay right there. It's called the San Francisco Bay. Uh-huh. San Fran- it's the Bay. Yeah. I've never heard this in my life. Yeah. You're being logical right now. I know. And prior to interviewing people, cause I was like, Oh, you're from the Bay. And I got a lot of stop calling it that. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so last question in that bit was how excited are you for the new album? Weird vibes right. since it was just released. Yes. Yeah, so excited, Kate. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, I, I'm so glad that it's kind of done and out and I release it Yeah. On t- to the world to, I don't own it anymore. It's yours. Do you feel a little, I know that it's it's a conflict as far as emotionally because it takes so much energy and effort to put together an album. Do you feel a little relieved that you don't have to do those jokes anymore? S- definitely some of them. Some of them I never want to tell again. There's a few that I might just kind of keep in that actually aren't really that old that are just kind of like I might weave them into a new act a little bit, but only a couple. There's a lot of them that I'm, that I'm like, if I have to say this again, I'm going to become it. an accountant or something. I can't take <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> and okay, so what initially, and we're going to get into your customer service jobs in the next section, but what got you into comedy full time? Was there a moment or did you always know, even from a kid, you were doing bits and had a, you know, a tight five for your classmates? Or was there a moment where someone said, hey, you're, you're pretty funny. You should probably do this. 
Yeah, I get, I was a kind of funny person all throughout childhood, but I wanted to be a figure skater. I was so bad at that. You know, there's all these other things. And then when I was in college, I studied to go into nonprofit work. And um, I graduated in the middle of the recession. And um, there was just no jobs, like literally people with master's degrees working at Whole Foods. It was like competitive to get a job anywhere. And um, I had started like kind of playing around with stand up in college. And um, then I just ended up leaning into that. And that's what I ended up doing because I couldn't get a job. So it's sort of an accident. <laughs> yeah, it sounds that way. And so was your first time on stage just because you had said you played around with it in college was your first time in front of friends or was your first time like, I don't want anybody to see this. I'm about to go sneak off to an open mic and see if I even like it. I did like a competition. I mean, I'd been on stage before because I did theater and stuff, but there was this like sign up for the, the uh, my campus had this last comic standing, not trade using that trademark <laughs> competition at um, at this coffee shop. And I just like signed up and I, I just wrote out all these bits. I did get like pretty drunk was my way of dealing with it. That's um, one way to do it. But it's pretty good, honestly. Like it, it wasn't that bad. I feel like I had a, a decent sense of like, just from other speaking kind of uh, opportunities. Like I was able to throw together sort of a decent little act. Yeah. Um, but everything was really everything's so dramatic when you first getting on or, or first getting on stage. Like it's like, oh, my God, this time getting on stage is an important thing. And, you know, by now it's like nothing. It's like who, who cares? Literally. Isn't it wild? It becomes like a superpower because as soon as you are done with that, like I'm going to, you know, crap my pants and throw up everywhere feeling then it's just old hat. And then you're just like chatting with your friends right before you go on. Whereas the first time it's kind of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I, I just, I need three days to prepare and I'm, I, I don't exist anymore. I have to just focus on the material. And once you recognize that like the thing that it was so scary is, is not really that scary anymore. I feel like it's a superpower that you're like, oh, I can handle anything. Yeah. Uh, I did get pretty nervous for my album though. You did. I was pretty nervous that day. Yeah. Which I kind of wish I wasn't. People told me, like, just have fun. It's just like any other show. And you hear that. And now, in retrospect, I'm like, I really wish I could embody that. But it was my first time recording an album. And I had a jitters. Yeah. I was, you know. And that's okay. Because then it's like, well, that then I'm getting experience doing that. And someday I won't care about doing that. Yeah. Not won't care. I hope to always be a little nervous. But it's not... Like it matters so much, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And tell us about the, um, I, you know, from having listened to the album, I know why you called it Weird Vibes, but tell our audience why you called it Weird Vibes. Um, I have a joke in it where I talk about how I don't like really make a good imp first impression and that I don't like necessarily have good vibes and they're kind of weird. Um, and this is true about me, like even like some of my closest friends are like, yeah, we thought you were so weird when we first met you. <laughs> and so it's like I'm kind of a sleeper in that way. But it's also just kind of an insecurity I've had for a long time of being like, oh, like I'm not 
Like when I meet people, they're not getting a normal sense of me. But now that actually I'm getting older and I know myself better and I kind of know how I fit in the world and I have some confidence, I don't really feel that that's true. I feel that, um, you know, if people are having some sort of judgment of me, that's not really my business. But I am actually having, you know, working customer service and having those kinds of jobs, but also any other kind of life situation that I am having a lot of positive interactions all the time. And then there's those specific people that that you just click with, right? And you're like, oh, this is so great. But um, overall, like, I do kind of focus on now when I'm, like, talking to people or I'm on stage, like, like how are they feeling, you know, in a good way of, like, uh, how, what, can I, what can I do for them? Not, like, what's wrong with me? Why am I such a freak? <laughs> But um, that a lot, a lot on the album is just about um, me kind of feeling like um, insecure about um, not fitting the mold quite right or something. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really relatable, and I think that's I, you know, I, I, I think when we can relate to the feelings, it kind of doesn't matter the the exact minutia of like, okay, well, I don't know what it feels like to be. I don't know, to wear a fur coat and have blood thrown on me. But that level of embarrassment and entitlement, oh, I totally relate to. And I think that's where the I think that's where comedy is the great leveler, because, you know, I don't know what it's like to be raised in a billionaire's home, but I know what it's like to have to pull trash cans in, you know. So it's a I think um, I like the title a lot because I think it's just a great it's a great intro in that even if they don't know you, they can totally understand that feeling. So that's very cool. Well, Jessica, is there anything else you want people to know about the album or a track you're particularly proud of or something that you're like, oh, if you're going to get a slice of me, you know, obviously listen to the whole thing. But like this is the track where you're like the most you you can be. Very interesting. I don't know if I can answer that question because I really do want people to listen to the whole thing because I do think of it as like like. I mean, you can listen to just specific tracks, um, but um, I really think of it as like, if you just start listening to it and you turn it off, that bums me out because it it starts off, I don't want to say it starts off hacky, but it starts off, you know, I'm, I'm talking about little dates and little like, it starts off a little light, but then it all kind of ties together. Um, I guess, you know, some uh, some of this album is me burning COVID material and I, I do really like some of my material that's related to the vaccine and stuff. So I hope that that gets its moment in the sun before we move on and pretend this pandemic's not a thing um, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> um, but um, hard, I guess like the the popular one that's like a short little sound bite that people seem to like is the the aerial attacks one, which. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it, the track title is on that. I'd have to look it up. But I, so I guess yeah. you're more answering the question I wasn't, I wasn't able to articulate that it's like, there's sort of a narrative through line with the album. So listening in order and, you know, walking through the whole process of the album is a super fun experience for people that like, you could pull tracks out and be like, oh, I'm laughing at that. But the idea of the build is for sure, it, it for sure exists in your album. Thank you. That's, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for chatting about that. All right, folks, we hope you enjoyed your apps. We're going to move on to the entrees after a quick break. I've built in breaks for commercials. Still hoping. We'll see. 
are back, and now it is time for the entrees. Okay, Jessica, this is the part that the audience listens the hardest for, because this is the part where you get into the nitty-gritty of dealing with human beings in the world, which I feel like we can all sort of relate to on some level. So we always start the, the same way. We always ask, what is your first job ever? Now, I prefer to see which job the government was taking taxes out of, but if your first job was like a paper route or babysitting or whatever... We could talk about that too. But where was the first job where you were like, I have to show up, wear a uniform, and I'm getting a paycheck for this job? My first job in high school was I worked in a nursery. And I went to high school in a small town. So I, I worked at a plant, like plant nursery, um, not like baby nursery. You saw okay, my face. So, I was um, like, oh, babies. Got it. Plants. No, no. Baby plants. Raising baby plants. <laughs> and to this day, it sucks so much because I'm like, was that my best job? I worked there from like 15 to like 18 until I went to college and um, it was just so lovely. And I, it would just be like, like birds bathing in the, in this little fountain that we had. And I'd be like watering and the sun would be like rising over the mountains. It was kind of crazy. Um, it would be kind of boring too, because my um, boss's daughter was always there, like working on the computer and like managing it. And um, she played Nora Jones every single day. And oh, that kind of would like make me die. Sad. No offense. <laughs> I like Nora Jones, but it's like for that to be like your every day, it's just like it, it slows your blood down <laughs> in your body too much to the point where you're like, I feel life escaping me. You walk in to start your morning. You're like, OK, let's do this. And it's like, come away with me <laughs> in the night. Oh, my gosh. But. In terms of like customer service too, like people would be in a pretty good mood because they're like, I'm just shopping for flowers. And also just like, I was so young that they were just like, oh, this, I, I got away with being an idiot or something probably. I don't know. Like, I'm sure that they um, were aware that I was really young. So, but also like when someone was mad, like would come back and be like, my petunias have have withered and I've done nothing wrong or whatever it would be. I feel like I was so good at just being like, oh no, okay, we're going to take care of that for you. Like, I didn't really mind. I was so young that I didn't mind kind of being a piss on a little bit. Like, I didn't mind people abusing me. I didn't take it personally. It just felt like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, nothing hurt my feelings from customers. Because I was always just like, this is their problem, and I'll just take care of it. And it makes sense that they're talking to me this way because I'm a teenager or something. You know what I mean? But as I've grown older, my tolerance has gone probably for the for the best way down. Because it's like, oh, don't talk to me that way, you know? Like, but anyway, so yeah, it was Sally's Garden, Cookville, Washington. Garden. No longer there. Aw. Well, I do, you know, it's an interesting point you're making that um, I've never had anyone say that, that when they were younger, they had a better understanding of things not being personal. And it's interesting. I mean, it's sort of a Zen way to walk through life because is anything ever really personal? It's usually always that person had a bad day. And I mean, in a customer service setting, not in like relationships. And so it's an interesting Zen way to get through it, which could also be part of why it was maybe one of your favorite jobs is <laughs> like, yeah, everybody dealt with their own crap and you didn't take it on. Like there's a freedom in that. So I'm, I'm a little jealous that you ever had that skill. Cause I am still trying to achieve some version of that. No, me too. But it's like, I've had to go through this process of like, like 
growing older, getting a confidence, and then also realizing how much people are projecting. Like, it's kind of come full circle where I'm like, I started out just truly not caring. (laughs) And then I learned to care about things in a different way and um, become more self-aware and all these things. But then I had to be more aware of other people. So it, it, it was just, it's just been this kind of like cycle, but I just started off being like, I don't know, I'm 15. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm crazy. really worried about homework and this chick who's playing Nora Jones. I wish she'd play anything else. I can't care about something your, I re- <laughs> go ahead. Something I realized about this podcast is you could fish it for like security questions. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, you're you're like, what was your first job? Uh, what year yeah. were you born? What <laughs> you, did you know? That's actually what I'm doing, and like, get ready to have your yeah. bank accounts hacked. <laughs> Thanks for blowing my cover, Jessica. It's really shitty. Well, enjoy my bank account. <laughs> your hard it's got earned like five hundred dollars. <laughs> Whoa, big flex coming on here talking about all your money. Okay, Jessica. Uh, okay. I wonder if I actually have 500 <laughs> in my account. I'm going to look it up right now. I love it. Okay. So you worked at, you said Sally's Garden was what it was called? Mm-hmm. Sally's Garden. I'm writing that down. Okay. So from Sally's Garden, how many customer service jobs would you say total you've had? And feel free to like count them and go through the list. Like where did you go after Sally's? I have $621 just so you know. Damn. Okay. Um, well, dinner's know, on right? you. Okay. So Customer service jobs, I maybe have had like four or five. I've, okay. I've, well, I've had different kinds of jobs. I've had, you know, in college, I did like kind of work that was more related to what I was trying to do, like more social justice kind of jobs. Um, and then after college, I had a job at the mall. I worked selling CDs and DVDs at the mall. And, um, that was interesting because they were already like an antiquated form of yeah medium yep mm-hmm. although they're coming back around now i guess no, but that job i'm kind of ashamed of myself in that job because i one of my things was i was supposed to sell um like magazine subscriptions and i always had like the highest in the company by like a lot and i was proud of it but it's just because I can be so manipulative. Oh, bless you, you know for being I mean? that self-aware. So looking back on that, I'm like, how many people did I fuck with this magazine <laughs> subscription? <laughs> so that kind of sucks. And it's just like, never, never try to get cookies from a corporation because it's like, I was like, wow, I'm the best. I'm like a really good salesperson. But it's like, you're making minimum wage and you're making money for this company and you're trying to, but the only reason you're the best at it also is because no one else wants to do that. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, God, I was just like such a little bitch for this corporation. But you didn't know. Um, I mean, I think that I totally appreciate you being self-aware enough to know that you have the ability to be manipulative as PS we all do. But I think it's an interesting mm. perspective. I wrote down that quote, never get cookies from a corporation. I've never heard that before. And that's a really good point. It's like you really think you're, you know, look at me go. I'm doing great because of the parameters of the job. Like I'm a rules person. I love it. If I if I get an A at following the rules, I feel amazing. Yeah, she just pointed to yeah. herself as I said that. And yeah, so I think we are the type of employee that they're like, love this one. She just likes the rules and we're making money. So yes, yes, Jessica, you're doing great. <laughs> like, I get it. I so get it. 
Um, do you feel yeah, like you so talked them into magazine subscriptions they didn't need or want? Like, did you see them kind of get dejected after they signed up for it? It was more like, oh, they're free. Oh. But then I'd say, and then they'd sign up, and then I'd circle a thing on the bottom, and I'd be like, just cancel it before 30 days. Oh. And then they'd be like, what? But they had already signed up. Okay, so I see. So if they yeah. remembered to cancel, it was free. But I wouldn't tell them that before. I would be like, you want a free magazine subscription? I got it. Which I feel like that's illegal, kind of. Like, I feel like I should have said, like, free for 30 days or something. Yeah. Um, which everyone knows what that means. But anyway, people were so excited for the free magazine subscription. But it's also like, who wants a magazine? It's so sad. Yeah. Um, who wants People magazine? Um, in, like, the 2000s. Yeah, that's a hard... I get it. So how long did you last doing that? I think a year. Oh, wow. Okay. I think a, a year maybe. And I think I had, um, I can't really remember, but I think it was like a very alcoholic time for me. Oh, okay. And I was just like hung over a lot and my boss was an alcoholic and we drink together. It was like very toxic. Um, and then since then, oh, well, I guess I can tell you my favorite customer service moment from that job. Yeah. Um, we played like a lot of like salsa and like Latino music because that was like a huge like part of our customer base. But one time this white lady came in and I remember she was holding like a Beavis and Butthead blanket that we sold. And um, she was like, she was yelling some question to me, like, how much is this or something like that? And then I was answered like in a normal voice. She was like, what? And I was like, come over here so you can hear me. Like behind, I was behind the counter and um, she started walking over and she said, I can't even hear you all over this music. I don't even understand the language, you know. And then I said, um, well, you know, we do sell the Rosetta Stone if you're interested in learning. And of course she got furious and the manager had to come up and then I was standing in the back of the store laughing. So, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever it like takes. The, I mean, I was like, I'm doing customer service. Like I'm trying to help you with your every problem. <laughs> Including okay. this refusal to learn a language. Okay. And so did, uh, for that job, was there some kind of like, bonus structure that encouraged you to sign them up for the magazines or was it just you really liked that you were crushing that part of the job it was like all ego it was mm. all wanting to be told i'm a good girl yeah that's it that's relatable so stupid yeah well, that's time in life um did the woman end up buying the beavis and butthead blanket i don't know i don't know i <laughs> was busy I laughing to go to the back and oh, laugh okay and my manager handled the rest of the interaction <laughs> okay um, okay. It sounds, what you're describing sounds kind of like a hot topic, like where they have like TV based things, but also DVDs and CDs. Was it like a chain? You don't have to say the name of it if you don't want to, but was it? Yeah. A, oh, it was. Okay. Um, I, I can say the name I feel because I, I really don't first see them coming after me. I don't either. Right. Am I, yeah. uh, they're called FYE, which stands oh, yeah. for your entertainment. Yeah. And, um, they were like, they had bought out like warehouse and I think some other like similar kind of CD things that were popular back in the day that would have like mostly CDs and DVDs, but then also some like merch posters, we sold a lot chains. of like beats by Dre. Yeah. yeah posters, yeah. a little bit of porn, a little bit of anime porn. Oh, okay. Who knew? 
Um, we had a little porn section. Hey, you know, whatever whatever people are into. Okay, For so people th- who haven't found the internet, mm-hmm, where <laughs> yes. yeah, bless them. Uh, okay, so you did that. What did you do? So how many? You said four or five. So we have the baby plants. We have Fye. What were the other uh, th- two or three customer service jobs you had? Um, I guess I had a few more, um, and current, including my current one. I sold tofu at the farmer's market for a while. Oh, specific. Okay. Sold tofu. I um, worked in a Jewish deli. Okay. Um, I worked in an ice cream shop, like an organic ice cream shop. Okay. Um, and I work at, um, I have two jobs right now. I work at a restaurant and I also work for the library, which the library is kind of a customer service job. Absolutely. But they're not customers, they're patrons because it's free. So that's like an interesting kind of thing, but... I did. You just taught me in real time the difference in that language. I just use them sort of interchangeably, but that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So patron is when it's free, and customer is when they're paying. I don't actually know if that's true. That's what we say. We say patrons at the library, but if you if you're like a patron to a musician back in the day, you'd be the one paying them, like and supporting them. So maybe like we're saying like through their taxes, they're patroning. Patronizing, patronizing. <laughs> they are patronizing. I will tell you that. Um, but I, so out of all those jobs, though, I will tell you the most annoying customer service one mm-hmm. was the ice cream shop. I'm sure you said when you and said that when you said you did that, your voice changed. So I was like, she probably hated that job. Tell us why. Well, here's the thing. It was kind of a neat job. I really liked working for the lady that I worked with. And it was kind of neat because I got to like make cones and give my friends free ice cream. And socially, it was amazing and chill. Like we could kind of do whatever we want. Like it was one of those things that you could like close it for five minutes and go have a break. You know, it wasn't like strict. And I, I don't like strictness. I like people who trust me. Um, but the the annoying thing about it was we had all these kind of like great flavors all these different flavors and it was like high-end ice cream but it would be like really busy and people would want to sample things you know like how people do in ice cream shops but it would just be me there and people would stand there sampling things all night long and I just I got so disgusted at some point by watching people like be like, mm, can I try the avocado caramel? That wasn't a flavor, but <laughs> can I try that? And then I'd have to hand it to them and watch them slowly take the spoon and like, like, mm, mm, mm. And, and like, I, I hated like watching people taste things at a certain point it, because there was such a line, you know, that you'd be like, also like, hey, I'm kind of busy. Like, you can't just stand here. And sample things on it, like have some consideration. And also, like, I found it kind of grotesque to watch them savor. I was like, this is like private, what you're experiencing, <laughs> this savoring of this flavor of ice cream. I was like, yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm being assaulted. Um, but, uh, and also people wouldn't really tip. No, no real tips at the ice cream shop. Like we had a jar, but it, it was like, it was annoying when you'd have a big group that asked for a lot of samples and you maybe you're making the milkshakes and stuff that was always would hold it up. And then 
And then at the end, they don't even throw anything in the, the little tip jar. And then you're uh. like, what gives? It's because it was a lot of students, too. Oh, yeah. I could see that. That College would be students. They don't know. Yeah, it's a hard thing to think about. It's a, it's a, you're making me think about the customer service jobs that include samples. And it's different if you're the Costco sample person that that's the whole thing. Like that's what you do. When it's your, the sample piece is just a 1% of the overall requirements for the job, that would have driven me nuts too. Of like, sure, sure, have this for free, have this for free, have this for free. And it's the little scoops. It's like, you might as well just get the, get the cone so I can do one big scoop and see if you like it then. I, I could, that would drive me nuts too. Um, well, it's interesting because with the tofu job, I did sampling and I also did sampling at Costco. Oh, you did? And that that never bothered me. And maybe it's because the way people taste tofu is not quite as sultry <laughs> as the way they taste ice cream. Like maybe ice cream is too. Like, you know, back in the puritanical ages or whatever, <laughs> where they were like, we can't have chocolate in this town. It makes women too honed up weird <laughs> to watch them enjoy so maybe it's like my deep puritanical thing yeah but I think you're right like I didn't have to do as much in those moments I didn't have a line and uh, also I was in charge of how much I sold like I got like I got little stars for um selling more so I was loving giving samples there because yeah. it was part it was it was a good part of the flow as opposed to like, it's holding everybody up, just like choose a flavor. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have to like scoop it and make it. I would just give them a box, you know? Yeah. There's a, there's so a, so this is just the intricacies of the sample culture. <laughs> That's what I'm calling this episode sample culture. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting what you're making me think of, of like, there's, there's some weird business that needs to get created where it's like the FYE anime porn section meets the, you know, the sample tasters of just ice cream. And there's some business there in where you get to go in the back and watch anime porn, come out, have a, endless samples of ice cream and you just pay like an entrance fee. And so there's something there. We, somebody take that idea and run with it where it's like porn and ice cream, but it's only anime porn. It's like, you know, just they're consenting because they're cartoons. I don't know. Oh, and I know that that's offensive calling anime cartoons, but I'm sorry, everybody. It's a technicality, but it's a cartoon. I, I didn't know that you were going to say that's the thing that was offensive. Nope. <laughs> it's calling it cartoons. The rest of it's kosher. <laughs> the rest of it's good. Okay. That's so funny. I will, I will say I don't want to work there. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have to. It's it's, it's a lot of sampling. Creating. Yeah. No, it's a lot of sampling. Someone would have to on the on the san, on the employee side, they'd have to really be into watching both things, people sampling and having just like anime porn in the background. I don't know. There's something there, but you don't have to work there. So the library, I just learned this in in my little time on the planet. I, w I should have already known this by age five, but I did not know that to work in a library, there's like a master's of, of library sciences or something. And like y'all are highly educated human beings that work there. You are shaking your head. No, to, is, did well, someone... it, to be a librarian. Yeah. Oh, you're but not a librarian. People who there are people who work in the library that aren't librarians. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, of course, yeah, not everyone who's working in the library is a librarian. Like the librarian like sits at the info desk and is the person um, curating what kind of books they're buying and what kind of events and those sorts of things. But then the people just checking you out are like clerks. And then we're doing like more administrative stuff and we're putting books on the shelf, you know. 
Well, you don't need a library science degree to to scan a book in or like put something back on the shelf. I did not know any of that. But like for people who have research questions, they go like up to the information and they're like, I'm looking for something that's like Kafka meets the Hunger Games meets, <laughs> you know, that's that's something for a librarian who like understands like um, really well the science of research Damn. and how to find what you're looking for. Thank you for teaching me that. I did not know that. Um, now I got to yeah. go to the info desk with way less things because I am certain I've had the info desk, desk print stuff for me. And that was probably insulting. Oh, they do that too. The info Bless desk them. usually is in charge of printing a little bit. That's really kind. Like if I had a master's degree, I would have a, I w it would be some humble pie to be like, yes, I will print things for you. I mean, yeah, the kinds of things that librarians are having to do now, like the industry is really different right now. And I think they do have to eat a humble pie. And some of the older ones don't like it, but some of it is like um, you're taking care of like the unhoused people's needs who are in there. But, you know, I kind of love the librarians that sort of rise to that occasion. Yes. You know, um, yeah. because they're just like, oh, we're going to make sure we have like showering. There's like the library that I tend to work at. I go to different branches all over L.A., but the one I tend to work at, they're like they have like doctors from UCLA or something come once a week. And they're like, oh, if you guys have any medical concerns, like go to this room. Libraries, by the way, whether or not you're unhoused, amazing resources, you have no idea. If you're not having a library card and going to the library, they have free COVID tests. They have like, you can, you know, check out like free tickets to museums and all sorts of, I mean, it's like kind of endless, like national parks, like um, you are paying taxes for the library and the library is kind of incredible. Also free audiobooks. Like, I mean, if you're paying money for all your books, mistake. Wow. Huge mistake. Yeah. Someone turned me on to Libby and then my life changed because yeah. I'm an audiobook person because I'm I learn in an auditory way. And um that's so why that makes me want to openly weep that the librarians are organizing healthcare for the unhoused population. Like that's just what a gift to be able to say that that's your job and you are just, I mean, cause that's social services. I mean, now you've dipped into social work. And so that intersection, yeah. like that's a beautiful, right. that's really lovely. Some, some of them are assholes and they're like, we just need more cops in here. You know, so the, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, the, but uh, the, the positive of that is that there are people that do what you just described. That's lovely. Um, okay. So mm -hmm. I have to understand what got you into selling tofu. Was that like a friend's company or did, were you, were you vegan or vegetarian at the time? Was that like something that was important to you or was it just like, I need a job so I can do comedy? Yeah, I think I just like saw it online and applied and got the job. I think unless I had some kind of connection that I don't remember, but it but wasn't was like a great job. You liked it. Okay. No. Yeah, I did. I mean, it was like um, really great because I got to trade, you know, and you get free food. So it's like the kinds of stuff I was bringing home to my roommates, like, dude, they were like living everything organic, everything artisan. Like we had like artisan olive oil and like because everyone wanted the tofu and they we had like soy milk and we had like um you know, it's like some of the most healthy, organic kind of tofu you can get. And like also like if you buy it from the farmer's market, like some of it's not packaged. So 
the hippies liked it. They were giving me kale. They were giving me freshly made pastas. Like it was crazy, dude, the way that I ate at that time. It was just like, <laughs> you've never been so, healthier. <laughs> yeah, it, it was healthy. And, um, I did, it was difficult depending on the farmer's market. Like I really didn't like doing the one in Berkeley because they would, sometimes they, they would, there's some like mental illness around some of the hippies yeah. where they're like, they, I remember they were like, what's in your spring rolls? And I was like, it's this, this, and this, and then it's wrapped in rice paper. And then this lady started yelling to my line, like rice has arsenic in it. Like, do not eat this. And it was just like, dude, like, um, that's hard. All right. That's really hard. Yeah. Just like pe people wanting there to be drama about what you're eating. It's actually an eating disorder. Yes. Yes, it What's is. What's that called? Um, oh. It's like you only want to eat clean things. Yeah. I forget it's what it is. Clean, eat, clean eating. But it's but it's the the disordered part of it has a different name and I can't remember what it is because they don't couch it under anorexia they couch it under something else but yeah you're you are correct I think it is yeah that's a that would be really tough that would be a tough market to work in no pen intended that would be really hard so okay yeah. and the uh, early mornings though really early mornings that sucked how'd that work with comedy I had to take naps and I was younger. Yeah. But I think I only I only did that job for like a year because they stopped doing farmers markets because they sold their tofu to Chipotle. So now all the tofu that you eat in the Chipotle tofu thing is from uh, that place. That's kind of called awesome. Hodo soy. Hodo soy. Hodo soy. I mean, but you said it was really clean. Like that's kind of awesome that a fast food restaurant is using clean tofu. The tofu tastes really good. Um, and I think I don't understand what happens in the end with like Chipotle's food because I'm like, it's so how salty. does nothing taste like anything? <laughs> yeah. Or it all tastes like salt. Yeah. Agreed. It's almost like as they're cooking it, they like take a syringe to the <laughs> to the beans and like somehow <laughs> suck out all the flavor because I'm like beans have more flavor than this. Agreed. I know. I know. All of this has more. I don't know what you've done. <laughs> well, we should ask. <laughs> so that's that's my feeling about Chipotle. Although I I will say that they they do care about what their ingredients are. That's very that, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know they say that, but you never know. Well, that's good. Can confirm. Um, okay. Well, you said your favorite job of those five customer service jobs. Well, now six because you did the Costco. So I'm adding Costco to that. Um, which was your, you said your favorite was for sure the nursery at Sally's garden, right? Things were simple then. Things were well, simple. Who then. knows? It was the longest to go, but I definitely, it was the most beautiful. And I did really like working with the plants and you know that it's an antidepressant to work in soil. I didn't know that. So they said, you yeah, get your feet in the dirt. There's something that like they, there's been studies that like, that something happens like when the tips of your fingers are coming into contact with the soil that creates like kind of an antidepressant. Gardening is very therapeutic. Yeah. yeah. My friends that garden are a lot more peaceful than I am. So there's got to be something there. Okay. What was your, now I think you said it, but let's just get, get clear. Least favorite of all of those jobs. You said the ice cream yeah. shop. You know, I liked that one too. There's been like versions of each job that I hated the most. Like some, there's been certain people I've worked for in the library that I'm like, this is the most bureaucratic, abusive situation. 
Um, but then there's nice people and then I start working for them instead. And then, but like, yeah, food service, like the restaurants have been hard. The, I think that the, the sampling of the ice cream was stressful, but I'm not that obsessed with working with food. Like the Jewish deli I worked for, the food was really good. Um, and there's ways that I didn't like that job and the people that I worked for. I ended up getting fired from that one, actually. But oh, really? to be fair, at the time, I was kind of like, I think that they were like, we're trying to run a really high end establishment. And like, you're like, not. They like wanted me to work on call. And then I told them I wouldn't work like on call. Like, oh, like, we might need you for a lunch rush on Wednesday. So you come in for an hour, four hour shift and we'll call you. But I told them, I was like, I can't work on call. Like, I need the day off or I'm on, which I think is normal. Yes. So you're not maybe a doctor. I got fired for some reasons where uh, I wasn't being so good, but some of them, I feel that, that I was in the right to set those boundaries. And I ended up getting unemployment. So that's all good. But their food was so good, dude. Like, he really was a, a really good chef. So that was really neat to be able to eat that. And then, like, but like other food service jobs I've had, I don't know. I'm just like not that much of a foodie. I work I work in a restaurant right now and it's okay because I generally like people, but I think I get a little grossed out working in food service because like especially if there's a giant menu and you're just smelling everything all day and then you're seeing like, oh, maybe someone dropped a rag and then used it or you know what I mean? Like you're oh, seeing yeah. those... Those kinds of things that you don't want to see of what goes on in a restaurant. You're just like, oh, this isn't upholding my fantasy of when I eat out. Yeah, 100%. How clean it is. Yeah. (laughs) And also, I think um, I've said this multiple times, like anybody that works at a a place like the Cheesecake Factory that has like a 75-page menu, the amount of waste that you have to imagine happens because you have to have all that food prepped so that at any given moment, if anybody orders from any of the 75 pages... Yes, you can have bolognese and you can have, you know, whatever is like sushi. And it's just like, wait, this is it's just so much waste. So that that part would be hard for me. And you have to memorize all that, too, which God bless. I've heard that's one of the hardest restaurant menu tests in all of the industry is theirs. And I get it because you have to know every single ingredient to every single item. It's not worth it. Yeah. No, thanks. I should be more respectful of the Cheesecake Factory employees. Who Who knew? Who knew that they were doing heavy lifting over there? Yeah. Wow. Um, <clears throat> okay. So what is the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst on the clock? Ooh, good question. Let me think about it. I cannot think of anything that weird, to be honest. Okay. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> That's totally fine. I can't even think of one very weird thing that I've had to do on the clock. I will tell you my least favorite thing that I've had to do on any kind of clock. Mm-hmm. What was that? Is I'm um, cleaning a drain. Oh, oh like a no. floor drain. Have oh. you ever had to clean a drain? I've had to smell them. I've had the good fortune of never having had to do it. But what all did you? What bleh, did you get sick? It's gross. Mm-hmm. And I remember in um, Beowulf how they would just des- they described um. Was it Grendel or Grendel's mother? Is their breath smelled like a drain? Oh, God. oh my 
I don't know Beowulf well enough, but that's a loss. <laughs> just like this grotesque monster smelling like a drain. And I thought of that as I was cleaning the drain. Wait, why did, why was that your job? Like, why were you tasked with that? So this was in the ice cream shop and you were, I were when you worked, you worked alone. That was it. It was just me opening and closing the shop and it was like, keep it clean. And then I don't know if someone told me to do it. If I did it myself, I must, someone must have told me to do it. Um, like, oh, every once in a while we have to clean this drain out. Cause yeah, we, we would clean after every shift, you know, mop and everything. And this was like, that was the drain. Cause I don't think if you haven't worked in a restaurant or any sort of food service, you don't know, like all floors are kind of sloped inwards towards this drain, at least in like the back of the house. And so it's not like everybody's just going to eventually fall into this pit, but kind of everything slopes towards a drain and you never, ever want to be near the drain near the fryers because that's the drain that is just that one in the dishwasher drain. Those two are always the most disgusting, but for a place like an ice cream shop, there's probably just one slope. And uh, that drain means that's like when you, you know, even if you clean the floors and all the chemicals and everything go down there, but so does, so does everything. And it all leads to the same sewer. And that's, uh, oof, God bless. Good for you for still all doing of it. Our vi- all of our vile and all of our hatred and despair <laughs> goes right down that same drain. Slope okay. down there. It's one of the worst smells ever. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the last straw that got you out of any of these jobs? Was there a moment where you were like, screw this, I'm out so fast? Hmm. I mean, I I quit one job at the library, even though I still work there. And um, it was just kind of, it's not that interesting, but they just like weren't, they were giving me like opposite schedules to what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, also like one time I showed up and I clocked in and I was like, okay, I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. And they were like, you can sign in after you use the restroom. And mm-hmm. then I was like, hi, that's illegal. But turns way. out <laughs> they, it was just so clear. They were just trying to fuck with me. But again, like the library system is so huge. So that was just a few people. Mm-hmm. So I got out of that position and I like work in another way. So like, so there wasn't yes, necessarily yes. like a big, you know, I'm out of here. Like it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm moving on from each of these various jobs you've had. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then my other one was at the um, CD place um, in the mall. My boss was an alcoholic and I was like, but we would party together. And then I was like, hey, just so you know, like sometimes when you're drunk, you'll like grab me and, you know, do these things. And then they were like, Jessica, that just doesn't happen. Like, it's okay. Like you're an artist. So like the way that you see things is like really like different and that's good. You're creative, but sometimes it like doesn't match reality. (laughs) I would have lost my mind. Like talk about being gaslit. Like, yeah, that was the, one of the most toxic times in my life in general, which of course I was contributing to, but you know, sure. that I, (laughs) I was out of there then. (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 gee, I wonder why. Uh, yeah, that is, <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Have you ever told a customer to F off or get out of your face or been confrontational with a customer? I think the Rosetta Stone story is the closest that I have. Yeah. Cause you're a rules person. You're like me. I'm like, you're going to service with a smile, but you might say the, the thing. Yeah. I'm that way too. I had a really hard time at the job that I'm working at now, the restaurant 
during COVID because I had to check vaccines for people to come in. And that was like really hard when someone didn't want to do that. Like, I don't need, I don't, I never told anyone to fuck off, but you know, like I said, I'm a rural person. I'm like, look, I'm just doing the thing I'm asked to do. But there was this one guy that just like walked in and he was like, yeah, I'm just going to sit in here. And I didn't do anything. I'm like, what can I do? I'm not a cop. You know what I mean? That's that's where the and to your point about talking about your album to want to act like the pandemic never happened. Like, that's the period of time that I, I forget how awful that specific time was because everybody was being asked to do or at least in the in the businesses that were enforcing that piece everybody was asked to do security level work. And then especially if you were in a tipped position, it's like you're checking cards, you're trying to bounce people, and then you may have to serve them. And it's like, you're for sure not going to get a tip after you had to have this weird confrontational interaction. It's a it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's an it's an odd. I don't know, that time was really tough. So God bless. I, I, yeah, I would have had, I would have let him sit there too. But like, what am I going to punch you in the face? Like, no, I, okay, fine. I'll serve you. He's like this big guy. Yeah. All right. Okay, man. Cool. Yeah. We've had other uh, bartenders on the podcast who have talked about how that period of time was just, you know, indescribably difficult because of that, almost just that piece of like, Hey, I'm not, you know, like, Oh, go ahead. Also, like we were dealing with like a trauma in real time, you know, like, yeah, like a, a disease that we didn't understand that was threatening us. <laughs> and um, I understand that people felt that the vaccine was threatening them. Mm-hmm. I do. But it, it's it's really difficult to deal with just like how many different ideas are floating around about what's actually happening that in part. this world. That part. Yeah. <laughs> While you're making minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm not paid enough. <laughs> Let the CEOs do all this. Um, okay. Do you tip? Of course. How, what's your average? 20%. I usually just click the 20%. It's wild how that's kind of the standard now. Uh, it depends. For most people who have done customer service jobs, it's 20% is what most everyone says. And it's it. Is there ever a situation, though, where you would not tip? I feel like the worst I would do is 15%. This is what everyone who's I would like, there's got to be some stat that I create because of the hundreds of interviews I've done for anybody that worked at any sort of food service. Our, our fuck you to people is 15%. It's like, 15%. Yeah. <laughs> which is so wild. Yeah. That's it's just like, you could just like insult me and my family and spit in my face. And I'd be like, you're only getting 15%. <laughs> that's it's so wild. How many of us say that I do We got to study that. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't think we think so much about tipping as like you're doing good or bad mm-hmm. as service workers. I think we're like, you need to survive. Here you go. Yeah. It's a, it's a humanity thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, oh, go ahead. You about to say I was just want to say, I'm really annoyed at people because I host at the restaurant I work at. I'm really annoyed at people who don't tip to go orders because that's mostly what I do. I don't think you need to tip 20% on a to-go order necessarily. If you want to, you can, but um, we're essentially doing the same thing. I mean, we're taking an order and giving it to you. We're maybe not checking in as much. So that's why I'm like 20% isn't normal, but look, I should make, I should make tips just for getting out of bed. Like that's what people don't understand (laughs) is that my pres, my presence is Is a gift to you. That's right. And write that down. You're welcome. Yeah. 
you know, you, you, I have to smile at you. I have to say, what do you want? Yeah. You know, like I have to smell I'm you. I'm going to give you whatever you want, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, I'm here like, for you. <laughs> you know, like just give me a dollar. Like literally a dollar is fine. If yeah. you're just like, here's a buck for this like $20 order. Mm-hmm. I don't this in your pocket. That's good enough, man. I don't disagree. But, you know, during the pandemic, people were tipping a lot bigger for that kind of stuff because they're like, oh, you're essential workers and you're just like having to go through this really hard thing. So but then now they're just like, we don't feel that way anymore. We do not feel that you're essential. Yeah, you were. <laughs> and, and then fuck you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why should I tip you when you just are here? When I'm not sitting in, I don't know. <laughs> when I'm not stuck at home. Okay. And then last question in this section, who's the worst customer you've ever had to interact with? Or if you can't think of one story, an archetype of who the worst customer would be. It's all like trauma. <laughs> it's like, it's like someone who is just so not regulated. Yeah. Like they're, you know, especially like older generation that hasn't like figured out like, the, they haven't analyzed like, oh, like mommy never hugged me and like never took care of me. And I was sitting in my diaper alone for so long. And then I was scared. But they think that's what you're doing to you, to them now when you're saying like, oh, we don't have that table available. You know, they're like, no, this is not OK. And I'm just like, um, I'm not your mom. I'm, like I didn't hit you, you know, as a kid. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry we're going through this. Yeah. 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 Just people who clearly have like recently, I think a couple weeks ago, there was this lady and it was like during our brunch shift and like during the week, you can just sit down at this restaurant wherever you want. But she kind of sat down at a big table outside and I, w I walked up to her and I was like, hey, how's it going? Is it just you? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, hey, just so you know, like, um, on the weekend brunch times, we have a host. So if you're here later, just check in with me first and then I'll get you seated. Um, and she was like, well, I can see I'm not welcome here on the weekends. And it was just like, it's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. And it's like the rules I, are I different on the weekends. She has that. I feel that she feels that's true. Like it's that mm -hmm. dramatic. Mm hmm. Yeah, you the know, stakes are that, that high for her. And you're like, it's not, it, it isn't that though. The stakes are that high. Bless yeah. her. And you, you have to just like, you have to do some inner work, man, to deal with customer service people. Mm -hmm. You really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or it'll force your hand. And you, even if you, if you didn't choose to work in it long enough and it's like, if you don't want to go crazy, it might be time to get a therapist and work some steps and get, get your head right. Because yeah, that's a, it's, it's a big ask and it's humans interacting with other humans that it feels like a power struggle. And it's like, we're all, we're all beholden to the billionaires. Like we're all struggling the same way. It's just, I happen to serve your food to you. Like you do feel like a gatekeeper though to them. And they think that that's how they behave. Yeah. yeah. Well, folks, we're going to move on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. What is the nicest mm -hmm. thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? It's it's such little things that like you remember forever. That's correct. Like I remember when, when I worked at the Jewish Deli, um, we worked across the street from LinkedIn in San Francisco and LinkedIn like was doing a random act of kindness day. So they were like putting $20 in the tip jar 
for like, they would like order, they'd all come in and buy a lemonade and they all put in like 20 bucks. And it just like made me want to cry because they were just like, also their intention was to be kind. So they were like all smiling at us and it just felt like you see me, you know? Oh, that is so lovely. That makes me really like LinkedIn. (laughs) It's really lovely. I know. Yeah. They got some good people at LinkedIn for sure. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't use it though. (laughs) I mean, like I'm not on it. It's so silly when a comedian uses it. It's like, let me connect. Yeah. (laughs) Like Um, I will not be doing that. (laughs) Uh, That's really lovely. Are (laughs) being funny. It it is. Yeah. There's, there's for sure so many nice people. Overall, I want to say people are fairly nice. Do you really stand by that statement? I here, here's the thing. I think people are getting nicer too. It depends. Maybe the restaurant I work in right now is sort of in a nicer, hipper neighborhood where people are like, we get it, you know? So, um, but overall, I've just noticed at comedy shows, like, I think there's been a lot of letting go of ego. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just getting luckier and just getting like getting older and getting around nicer people or something like that. But I'm like, I'm finding men to be nicer. Like the other day, I like looked like shit. I was like wearing sweats and my chin hairs were just like to the floor and I just had bags under my eyes. You mean the pubes that moved to your face? (laughs) Keep going. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. if you know, you know. Um, But um, I just, you know, I was just ready for the world to treat me like shit. But men were like holding the door open. They were just like doing all these like really polite things. And I was like, and I look like shit and it's not because you're trying to get something. It's just because you're like, like, let me show a kindness. I do feel that there is uh, like I find men at comedy clubs to be night like other comedians to be kinder, even the older ones. Do you think this is true? I think that there's more respect shown. I want to confirm that and there used to be. Oh, well, night and day from what it used to be. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, me too, maybe did some of that. But I think COVID also did some of that. Well, and I think I mean, just in the in the comedy culture, I, I feel like people being held accountable for the horrible things that they were doing and getting away with you know, maybe it did actually have the intended effect where it made people, at least people working in comedy, second guess, you know, the the sort of I do whatever I want kind of stuff. Maybe some of that calmed down because we started to see consequences. I mean, I want I want to confirm what you've just said. Yes, it's nicer. Sure. Yes. Let's let's let let that be the new normal. I love that. And you said even audiences, you've noticed it can't really say it's audiences because I don't interact as much with the audience. Sure. I mean, yeah, they're laughing and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. Do, do more of that audiences. Okay. Well, I yeah. love that. I'm going to confirm that. Um, what, who is your favorite customer that you've ever interacted with? I mean, I have, I feel like I have such a bad memory that the examples I'm giving you are just like last week. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, like most recently, I love a customer that'll joke around with me, like a good regular that I can tell them how truly depressed I am (laughs) or something like that. They're like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm like so full of despair. It's crazy. (laughs) Choking on my despair. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yes. And then I'm like, how are you? And they're like, I don't even feel like I'm alive anymore. It's weird. And then I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> totally yeah and then i'll be like yeah, yeah i'll get your deli melt in just a sec pete or whatever <laughs> um 
But, um, you know, you do like working in L.A. get to know what what uh, celebs are nice and which ones aren't. You sure do. And which ones tip and which ones don't. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Reggie Watts came in recently and I was kind of excited. And he was really fun and cute and nice. He, he was like even joking around a little bit. Great experience. You know, did he tip? Oh, I don't know about tip. I'm the oh, okay. host. Oh, you're the host. Oh, okay. Tip, okay. Actually. But he was yeah. just nice. In, in this, in this particular job. Yeah. Got it. But I do hear things when they're bad. Ooh. I do hear when like someone, does, but I won't share that. Right yeah. Now. Cause we're on the um, nice section. So tell us more Reggie Watts type stories. We like those. Yeah. Well, we're doing the nice section. I will say like, even when all that drama was happening with Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Um, she, she, you know, there was all this like, oh, she's a hor- horrible. She's sleeping with Harry Styles. Remember all that oh, tabloid kind of stuff that mm-hmm. happened around Don't Worry, Darling. She comes in regularly. Gotta say, really nice and friendly, pleasant experience. That's all we can go off of is what we personally experience. So, right. Good. I'm like, if I had a tabloid, it'd be like, seems like a nice lady. <laughs> End of article. <laughs> yeah, I get looks it. Me, looks me in the eyes. Ooh, there is this one comedian. I won't tell you who it is, but just like won't even acknowledge you when he comes into the restaurant. You gonna tell me off the mic because I have a guess. I'm gonna I, tell you off the mic. Yeah, you sure? Um, okay. Well, so for positives, do you remember the best tip you've ever gotten at any of these jobs? I mean, money tip. I don't mean like shoot for the moon. Not. I don't mean that. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Um, it's got to be the LinkedIn people. I think. Yeah, as pretty far lovely. As I can remember. Yeah, that was a good day. Okay. Um, and what's the best lesson you've personally learned from working in customer service? Yeah, just like I remember I was working at the library and somebody was flipping out about something small, something like, like, oh, you're not letting me do something. I don't even remember what it was, but it was something petty that he was complaining and causing a huge fuss about. And I remember one of my bosses was like, came back and was like, how could he do this? Like, when there's so much going on in the world, like he doesn't even know. And he's just like, he's just like making this small thing about him. But then I like thought about it in that moment. And I'm like, that's why though. Like that's why he's freaking out is because the world is so yucky. And I think we're all connected that sometimes if there is, you know, devastation happening, like I think we all feel it, but you know, people that don't know it, they're like, oh, you're not letting me get this CD again or this book or whatever. So I think that's the most important lesson that I've learned is the thing people are freaking out about is not the thing people are freaking out about. And that, um, you know, there's that kind of corny thing of you never know somebody's battles that they're fighting or whatever. But it's like the longer you live, the more battles you see. And you're dude, like, life is real and life is really hard. And it's just like, don't take abuse, but like, understand that it's like, it's crazy out there. <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes, yes. I, yes to all of that. And last question in this section, what's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? Yeah, I mean, obviously you want them to be good. And it's really fun when you find a place that has good customer service that is like friendly and also just gen. you can tell they care about getting your issues issues met or what or your needs met rather like it, it feels good, right? Like, but 
if they're not as good as you want them to be, um, you can't control that. And it's okay. It's just like capitalism is falling apart. It's not their fault that like, it's, it's hard to keep a good, it's hard to do a good job and find the right people to do the job. If the pay is not high enough to meet daily needs. That part. Yep. Totally agree. Well, Jessica, where where can we get your new album? What inspires you to keep going now that all that material? I know you said you're going to work some of it into the new hour, but what keeps you going? Where can people find you? Socials, website, all all the good stuff. Give us everything. <clears throat> yeah. So my album, please listen to it. You know, if you even want to buy it somehow, like uh, if you wanted to buy it on iTunes or wherever you buy things, that's a lot of fun. That's more money for me, obviously. Uh, as if you've listened to this podcast, uh, which obviously you have, why would you just only listen to this part? I'm not so financially making it like I'm not like killing it. I mean, I'm content. I'm happy. I'm grateful. But also like, you know, uh, maybe just if, if you have a computer in your house or something, just like loop my album all day. Just keep streaming it and I'll get like half a cent each time or something. <laughs> So, yeah, just if you go to like blondemedicine.com, which is the label that put me out, it has links to anywhere that you can get the album, including the cassette tape. If you're like a weird little Luddite like me um, and want like a little physical copy for the apocalypse. So you can just like play my cassette on a Walkman on a deserted island. I love it so Um, much. You were the first comic that's had a cassette that I am aware of. That's amazing. Yeah, I have a thing for cassettes. They're well, they're cheaper. I would have loved to have done vinyl, but it's a little expensive. It's, it's um, expensive to press for sure. Yeah, that's very it is pricey. And then if you want to see me live, um they just, do. I would I would suggest following my Instagram, which is just at Jessica Seely, S-E-L-E, because um I tend to post shows there and keep up with that more than any other platform. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm working out new stuff. There's, I, I love to express myself and write new things. So please come out and be a part of that. That's awesome. And we'll have in the show notes as per usual audience, we will have all of Jessica's info and stuff there. Folks, we are going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and or review the show wherever you listen. It actually does help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and is catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here at Service from Hell directly, send us your receipts to servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We always love hearing from y'all, and I promise we do read every email. Remember, if you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thanks for being on, Jessica. This was great. And go get Jessica's album. Yeah, you were great. Um, And if you have any more library questions, slide into Jessica's DMs, because I'm sure she has more stories. All right, folks, that's going to be it for us. See you next week. Good night. Good night.